welcome to episode 11 of $5 Tuesdays, a weekly movie review podcast with me, Davis, and my co-host, Skylar. Skylar, what's going on, man? Not much. Uh, just uh, getting ready for the school year to get started. Uh, we're, my wife and I are both teaching, and so we're uh, getting things all prepped for that. You're doing history, right? Yes. So, yep. Social studies. At a junior high, basically, it's what I'm teaching are, is U.S. history and then Utah history, but yeah. Got it. Okay. What, what grade is that going to be? Seventh and eighth grade. Leesh. Okay. Kind, kind of the, uh, <laughs> the, the speed bump of adolescence, as many people yes. call it. Many people are we, saying this. Not too many, not too many youth are very confident um, through seventh and eighth grade. Um, and so I'm hoping to help, you know, build that confidence a little bit. I, I can't remember if it's like the Simpsons or family guy or whatever, but there, there's a, there's a school speaker and, and he, he's talking about, I don't know, like not doing drugs. He's like, Hey guys, I get it. And he, and he sits in a chair backwards. So his chest is up against like the back and they're like, Whoa, he's just like us. So I'm, I'm imagining, I, I'm imagining something like that for you. It's funny because like, it is actually like somewhat important to stay like relevant with what's going on mm-hmm. um, in the world, not necessarily in the world. Cause they don't know what's going on in the world. A lot of them, but <laughs> it, it, in terms of pop culture, like what is relevant? Like, I don't know. I, I may have to, I may have to sign up for a TikTok account um, just so I can, you know, make sure I'm aware of the lingo and, and, and all the dances going on. Kids, don't forget, don't forget to do that homework. And for extra credit, be sure to huh, like uh, and subscribe to my TikTok. <laughs> um, I, 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 I always find it hard interacting with like young teens because I feel like when I was 13, if I saw someone in their like mid twenties, they were just automatically super cool. Like they're, they're an adult, Mm. they can do whatever they want, but being an adult in my mid twenties, I find it extremely hard to relate to young teens. And I am often trying too hard to get their acceptance. So like, no, no, no matter which side of the equation I'm on, whether I'm 13 or, or now 27, uh, I, I end up just trying way too hard to get the approval of the other person to the point where I feel like I scare off any chance of, of being viewed as like cool or likable. It's <laughs> That's tough. so funny. Well, and I, I think, I think grace is the same way. Like, She's fortunate that she teaches first graders because she, I don't think she really cares if they like her, but if it was, if it was fifth grade or up, she would feel a lot of pressure for her students to like her. I think. Mm -hmm. First graders, I think are particularly without guile. Uh, Like they're, they're, they're probably going to like your wife. So, so long as she is, you know, kind and reasonable. Uh, right. I, I feel like middle schoolers and particularly high schoolers have a much more exacting standard of, of whether yes. they will deign to give you their approval. No doubt. <laughs> well, anyhow, best of luck on that. I, I know you. it's, Thank uh, you. 
Yeah, probably a lot to prepare for. We do have a couple corrections. Uh, oh, okay. Are, are there any? Are there any that you want to get out of the way? Um, I didn't. I did not make note of any from last week. Okay, so two episodes ago, well, excuse me, last episode in corrections, you mentioned that there was something from two episodes ago where you had said that you were going to check in on it, and oh. and and we we both forgot what it was. <laughs> but it was bothering me. So I went back and listened to two episodes ago. <laughs> and, and the thing that you were going to, to check in on was whether Leonardo DiCaprio was in inception. So do you have an update <laughs> on that? Uh, thankfully? Yes. Um, it's confirmed that Leo is in it. Is okay. in inception. Okay. That I, was I, not, that was not mystique. Right. I, I, I had, <laughs> I, I had a suspicion uh, it, it was not Ditto from Pokemon because it didn't have <laughs> it was those, not ditto. The, the, those dumb little just blank eyes. Can, can Ditto take the shape of things other than Pokemon? So, oh, geez, we, we just boxed, our, boxed ourselves into another correction. Uh, I'm, I'm almost certain because if, if you are looking to see Detective Pokemon and do not want a major plot pe- plot point revealed, please fast forward. Uh, <laughs> it, it 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 comes to light in Detective Pokemon that Ditto is emulating some of the major players in the political scene in the town ah, in Detective Pokemon. Okay, okay. And and there's this whole scheme that's being masterminded by by this one guy, and he's using an army of Ditto to uh, oh wow to kind of yeah pull the strings on on other things um so yeah fortunately that that was not a leonardo dicaprio ditto it was just him straight up in inception um (laughs) i i I did receive word that paul rudd was in fact not in mac and me and this is probably just a movie that you know that that he loves that's very dear to his heart why wouldn't it be honestly um that's good to know but yeah, I, I, I've seen I've seen the interviews where he goes on Conan and just plays that clip of the kid rolling down the hill in a wheelchair in Mac and me. So that part is for sure real. Uh, and then a final thing that we discussed was whether there was ever like the trailer for the next movie or or like a a, a big tease at the end of one movie. And, uh-huh. and, and one of our listeners, Ryan, reminded me that at the end of Captain America, like the final post-credit scene is the trailer for Avengers. So that also would have been really? like big time. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's a good one. Yeah. Shout so out that, to Ryan. Holy cow. We're, we're, I'm, I'm hoping to get him on to, uh, to one of these episodes. I, I think okay. that he'd be a welcome addition and, and could yes. kind of round out some of our knowledge because he spends a lot of time uh, post-release as kind of the janitorial staff cleaning up all of our errors on, uh, Oh, on, okay. Good. Good, on, good, good. On things, comic book and, and video game related. So, uh, hopefully his, his talents can be put to better use in the future. Uh, one final point, this is not necessarily a correction, but we talked, uh, last episode about the movies coming out, including, uh, Clifford, the big red dog. And it was oh. discussed whether, this was going to be an animated feature or a live action feature. And I did not get 
official word except for a grainy photo show photo uh, screen cap allegedly of of some of the pictures from the production and i just sent it over <laughs> to you so this okay, is an image from clifford the big red dog wow that i really hope that this is not the resolution that the film is going to be in <laughs> it's in like 16p um so be, be, because wow. this is an audio medium I'll, I'll i'll try and paint a picture with my with, with my words it it looks like emily uh is is like on the stoop of some brownstone and poking his giant red head out of the door is clifford uh clifford mm-hmm. here looks to be still kind of a puppy but much larger than any puppy on earth uh so I, I i don't know if he got adopted by someone in one of these regal brownstones got too big and then emily came to adopt him when the rich family who wanted a red dog didn't want to clean up his minivan sized craps or whatever but yeah we're we're getting a live action clifford the big red dog did did you something you said reminded me of this? Did you ever get into Hey Arnold, the, the Nickelodeon show? Um, I got into it as much as a nine or ten year old could. I okay. I, I didn't like record go to them. conventions. Yeah. What's <laughs> up, guys? I'm at I'm at Hey Arnold Fest. Um, <laughs> I was gonna go as Gerald, but there's been a lot of people taken down for uh for for brownface, so. <laughs> or blackface rather uh so i'm i'm just just going as a guy in an afro um <laughs> i yeah i it, it's it's a good show um th- there's an episode so you were talking about how wh- what's the little girl from clifford's name lucy emily. Nancy? emily yeah something like that emily yes um She's standing on the stoop, and uh, there's an episode. There's an episode of Hey Arnold with uh, this. I guess he's uh, an acquaintance of some kind of Arnold and his friends, but they just call him Stoop Kid. Yeah, Stoop Kid's and afraid to leave the stoop. Yes, Stoop Kid's afraid to leave his stoop, and everyone just makes fun of him because Stoop Kid's never left his stoop, and it's just it's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, stoop kid. Yeah, uh, stoop stoop kid and the pigeon man are are two things that have left like an indelible mark on my mind, uh, and and maybe some of my last words before leaving this this earth. They, they it's just deep in there. <laughs> stoop <I'm>... kid. <laughs> stoop kid's afraid to leave the stoop. <laughs> And then I die. I, I'm looking at like clips from this episode right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't remember this, but they like the newspaper shows up and says the, the ex, uh, the, whatever it is, the newspaper says stoop kid afraid to leave stoop. <laughs> like they're posting it in the papers. It, it, it's just front cover on the times like breaking, breaking. Stoop kid, afraid to leave the scoop. The stoop. 
It's like the so biggest scoop of some reporter's <laughs> life. He also looks like he was bald and wore a hat and his hair has grown over the brim of his hat. I'm, I'm looking this up. Uh, oh, jeepers. I, I, I forgot about the haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Stoop, Stoop Kid has got a strong mullet going. And in the front, he, he almost has like, uh, I, I don't know. He, he, he practically has bangs, but they're growing straight out. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's a lot of and hairspray. And in some uh, in in some drawings of him, it looks like in an updated comic, uh, he has two earrings on his left oh. ear. He 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 also has an aggressive unibrow. Uh, not not for nothing. Very very aggressive. Yeah. Anyhow, he ends up stupid. leaving though. Yeah yeah he <laughs> he blows right off that stoop. Man, Harold was a good show. There were some, oh my gosh. This updated fan art is scary. Oh no, don't go too far. Don't go too oh, far. You can get lost so click deep out, in the internet, out. man. Okay, I'm out, I'm out. I'm getting out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, 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 is, there is no doubt um, a great deal of things better left unseen uh, when, when it comes to fan-made art. Yes, yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. With, with with that in mind, we're just going to keep it right on moving. Uh, okay. What's what what's been going on? Any uh in, any updates? Any thoughts? Um, we my wife and I started a birthing class. Uh, okay. All all remote, so that's kind of weird. But hmm. um, yeah. It it the first so everyone that's in the class um is is at least 30 weeks along okay Uh, i'd say everyone's right around there there are probably 10 different couples and everyone's right around right at 30 weeks (laughs) and the first week which was held yesterday uh gave us information on choosing a healthcare provider and we were like have people not gone to see like an ob for the first time at 30 weeks like I imagine everyone has, has, you know, decided a healthcare provider at this point, but it, the first week was pretty useless, um, which we kind of expected as they broke down what it was going to look like, but really excited for the weeks going forward. Now, pregnancy is a joint effort (laughs) where a man and a woman come together and you're like, we're 30 weeks into this thing. Like we we know how we got here. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it was. <laughs> got it. Okay. Um, yeah. The 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 idea of like pregnancy and 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 having children seems daunting, but you're you're making me feel like I might be more more ready for it than uh, th- than I give myself credit for. I mean, granted, as if there's a great deal that I'm adding to the equation, like per- perhaps I should stop putting so much pressure on myself in the grand scheme of things, but <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, that that's good. That That's fun. I, I obviously have not been to a birthing class myself, but everything that I've been taught from like 
popular culture and TV would lead me to believe that at least once, probably much closer to the time that your wife is about to give birth, uh, you she's going to be unable to g- attend the birthing class and you and one of your large male adult friends oh. is going to go, going to have to do the birthing class together. Yes, that that's I'm expecting it to happen but yeah. I don't they're, know if you would be willing to fly in for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey Skylar, heard heard your wife couldn't make it for uh for this week's birthing class so just hopped on the first bird out here. <laughs> Oh boy. Yeah. I, um, it, we started it kind of, so this week is, is like our last free week before we really get, get work going, um, back into the school year. Mm. And so we've dubbed this week our staycation. All right. Um, and originally our vacation was going to be in the Caribbean uh, a few months ago, but, uh, the airport to Curacao has still not been opened. And so that, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's, that's all but canceled. And so we, uh, we're staycationing here in Utah, which is just as beautiful as the Caribbean. So we're, uh, we're loving it. Yeah, no doubt. They even doubt. speak Dutch here. <laughs> that, that, that's great. I'm, I'm glad that you're getting some of the, uh, you know, so, some of that island flair. Um, I'm actually going to do something for you now. I'd, I'd like you to close your eyes very briefly. Imagine you're on that that nice uh, uh, ocean, you know, feeling the feeling the wind in your hair. You just get carried away by this nice steel drum ensemble that I found on YouTube by googling steel drums. That is really nice. That is nice, huh? All right, we'll, we'll, we'll add a link in the description to that if you'd like to go through the full uh, 68 minutes and 34 seconds of that, of that video. Now, write down, write down how it made you feel. Yeah. Um, happy-ish? Good? Hey, oh, I, <laughs> okay, just real quick, I wanted to follow up with something. Um, this was probably like maybe a month and a half or two months ago. I plugged a... I plugged a I plugged a uh, your your a musician song. friend yeah yes 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 um I'm trying to I wonder if anyone has looked him up um I, if if y'all have reach out to Davis or I and let us know what you thought um for 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 those who who might need a reminder can can you plug that name one more time that is actually what I'm looking up right now it's Steve something uh okay okay i mean he, he he's he, he sounded like a big artist just just go go to spotify type in steve and whatever the first name is that that's probably him <laughs> oh wait 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 okay steve i must have erased it maybe i texted it to myself it's in here somewhere but i will find it <laughs> um he he has the longest he has the longest, uh, rec- supposedly has the, I haven't even looked into this yet. Um, claims to have the longest song in Spotify, like it, that they allow, they have, they, they've allowed on Spotify or something like that. And so um, it's, I think he said something like 70 hours. I can't remember. 
Um, hi, hi, Guinness. My, my name is Davis Blount. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to, uh, to verify a claim that, that came on our airwaves. You, you, you got his name? His name is Steve Kusaba. Steve Kusaba. Okay. It, it, is that the normal spelling of uh, Kusaba? Oh, gosh. K-U-S-A-B-A. 30 monthly listeners. Okay. Um, this is what's concerning. So, oh, yep, yep, this is him. Oh, oh. here we go, here we go. G- given that the musical piece... Oh, wait. <laughs> is yep. this in a... Okay, okay. Yeah. It says, given that the musical piece is 47 hours long, the complex story which goes with it is rather large. There's a book... <laughs> there's a book to part one, Centrifugal Sats Clock, part one, which is six CDs. Many of the ideas which run through the entire project begin there. Recently, the spirit melody filled... <laughs> the spirit melody, too, is filled with, with very emotional music for altered or meditative states, which is part of altered states interesting um which is part of several stories viva la liberta uh much of which much of what is in here is helped by a study of history literature art music and chess um if if you go to any of his songs hold on i'm trying to understand so underneath the title of the song doesn't it usually have like the length, like how long it is? Yeah. So if you scroll down to like the actual albums, you're, you're getting an idea and they, they range anywhere from like 30 seconds to 20 or so minutes. But uh, that, that, that may have been something that was required by Spotify for him to get his frankly prolific work out onto, uh, on, on, onto this, this site. Because as we're reminded in the book to part one, Centrifugal Sat's Clock, many of the ideas which run through the entire project begin there. So somewhere, wow. somewhere, somewhere over the course of the six CDs that comprise part one of this book, you're, you're going to find some of the musical themes that run throughout. That to me is unsurprising uh, that that the music comprise that, that that takes up six CDs worth of stuff uh, would 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 recur throughout this that this literal tome of music. His uh, lastly, his most popular song is entitled "Pierre Derriere." Oh my gosh! Fo- followed closely by "Geology Dance." Um, so wait, underneath that, where it says Pierre Derriere, it says, it says less than 1000. What do you reckon that means? Uh, le- less than 1000 streams, but fortunately, uh, okay. yeah, for- fortunately for listeners, it also indicates that it's less than a thousand minutes, which you may not know <laughs> if, if you collected his That's works on CD. Thinking. Yeah. That's what I was thinking it was. Okay. Uh, um, so pivoting slightly, I, I just I, I had I had two quick thoughts. First off, uh, season two of Umbrella Academy has started streaming on Netflix. D- did you watch season one? I have not, but I've heard really good things about it. Um, it got a following pretty quickly um, after the first season, and so I've got some friends watching it right now, and I might have to look into it. Yeah, yeah. So I I watched season one. 
upon the recommendation of of a buddy of mine last summer uh you know like pretty good pretty good uh i i don't know if i just wasn't like in the right headspace to to receive it as it were but uh as as i was about to start season two my wife expressed interest in in watching season one so we just today have gone through the first three episodes really good really fun um I'm, i'm excited to see what season two holds but Ellen Page is is featured in this. Uh, she plays Vanya, number seven. And it, for, for some reason, I had a thought that I want to pitch to you. And it may take me a few okay. times to try and get out what I mean by this. But okay. who, who between these two actors would have had a more successful career if they had the... The, the the career of the other. So so what what okay. I mean by this is you take Ellen Page and you take Kristen Stewart. Who who would have done a better job playing the other's roles? So Kristen Stewart, notably, obviously you have the Twilight Saga, we'll call it. I was gonna say franchise. Twilight Saga. Um you've got Charlie's Angels more recently. You've got the movie Underwater. Um I, I'm she she was Joan Jett in a biopic. I'm 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 reaching for like other things that she did, but but I guess at the top of her list you've got Twilight, and then Ellen Page you've got obviously Inception, Juno. Um, uh, she she's also kind of floated in and out of some TV and movie roles, but I, I'm I'm just wondering, each each actress gives a distinct but in my mind, somewhat similar uh, vibe off. Anyway, I've spoken okay. for like four minutes. So hopefully you get my no, you question. Get. So is the, so is the question, um, is the question if, if the roles that each had chosen were flip-flopped? Okay. Yes. So, um, so in, in, in this scenario, Ellen Page is Bella Swan. Kristen Stewart okay. is Ariadne. Who, who does better with those? So is it okay? So it's like who's who's better renowned as a good actress, mm-hmm. or as, who's renowned as the better actress? Uh, I would probably say Kristen Stewart, um, because overall, I believe Ellen Page is a better actress, uh, and I don't know how many people would really dispute that. Um, I, I liken Kristen Stewart to. Hayden Christensen um, with the maybe maybe now she has she has uh, grown past that but especially earlier on um, I, I would say the the lack of emotion that comes through her characters uh, is similar to Hayden Christensen's um, but I think I think that the impact of the the choice of movies that both were in uh, has made a bigger dent on their their careers. Let's see. Let, how do I properly word that? I, I mean, that kind of makes sense, but um, I don't think the roles that Kristen Stewart has taken has had up to this point. There have been very many that have really you've been able to. Uh, get a good gauge of her acting um, prowess. Uh, 
mm-hmm. whereas Ellen Page has and has displayed very well in those, and a lot of those have been blockbusters. And so if it boiled down to it, terrible roles where Ellen Page didn't have a chance to shine versus blockbusters where a bad actress could shine, I would give the edge probably to Kristen Stewart. Yeah, that, that all makes sense. And, and what, like your, your, your point about having, having defining roles, especially early in your career uh, and, and not being able to break out of that is, is something that I think a lot of, uh, a, a lot of actors and actresses deal with recently my my wife and I were discussing like who who are your favorite actors and actresses it, it it doesn't have to be like who are the best but who are your favorite and two that came toward the top of my list were Daniel Radcliffe and Shia LaBeouf because of their just doggedness in breaking out of what whatever type they 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 may be cast in so mm, yeah c- certainly playing harry potter uh it, that that casts a long shadow e- even like heading forward into your career but i really admire how how daniel radcliffe has worked to to break out of that and and certainly <laughs> Sh- shia labeouf's off off-camera antics have have caught up for have caught up with him from time to time but but i think that he has also done a very good job of moving away from like Lewis Stevens. Uh, but, but then Big he kind of found himself in what, whatever his Transformers character's name was, kind yeah. of, you know, those actiony type movies, but then he, he burst out of that again. So anyhow, very cool. Um, and one, one final thought. I, I think that the summer needs a good candy holiday. So like we, we, we have, we, we have Halloween, uh, which, which kind of rolls into Christmas and both of those for, for different reasons, I think are big candy giving and receiving holidays. Um, then, then you, you know, rip, rip the, rip the page out of the calendar. And before you know it, you're to Valentine's, which is another big candy holiday. Uh, followed shortly thereafter by Easter. And then there's just this big drought where there's no candy. And it's gotten so bad that now in the dog days of summer, you're already seeing some of the uh, Reese's pumpkins, the, mm-hmm. the uh, what, what is that called? Like the candy corn M&Ms, which yep. sound heinous, but that, that, that's a conversation for a different time. I, I don't know what the holiday is going to be, but I think that we need a good summer candy holiday. Interesting. Yeah. Because me personally, I, I prefer to candy, I prefer a dessert. Okay. And so I'm fine with the 4th of July because I – like I do love uh, like a hundred grand candy bar or a, a Snickers candy bar or something like that. But I much prefer a, a like a, a, a peach cobbler with, with cold vanilla ice cream. Um, mm-hmm. And so there, I feel like there are maybe too many occasions over the summer to eat dessert. Um, in the winter, I don't find myself eating dessert as much. And so I, 
we've always got homemade ice cream on hand and we're whipping up brownies or something to go along with it, which is crazy to think that something has to accompany ice cream. Um, Can't just have this ice cream in the bowl. I mean, it's got to have a friend. (laughs) Yeah, but I, I hadn't even thought of that. I think that's a very interesting, interesting point. And I'd be in, I'd be in favor of seeing uh, what we what we could come up with. Your, your your point about preferring dessert is is a good one because there you, you certainly have a little more latitude to roam there. I, I I think my my only reason for pushback would be it's a lot easier to like sneak a piece of candy uh, with with with, mm. with cobbler and ice cream. Good There's point. the whole production and like you you certainly can. Eek off a little piece of cobbler, maybe a spoonful or two of of ice cream, but you you've got to wash the plate and spoon and, and kind of hide the evidence a lot more quickly. So, very good point. I don't. I usually don't hide mine, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm getting some cobbler. <laughs> so yeah, hey, I mean, candy producers do with that information what you will but i i I think we've got a good slice of the calendar that that's missing some some prime opportunities um i mentioned this to you after we recorded the last episode i have reached out to our good friend ahmad best yes um and have not heard back um i will say there were there was a bit of a folly on my part, uh, and midway through the the long message I was sending him, I accidentally clicked send. Oh, <laughs> hate that! And so uh, I had to wrap it up with a quick, "You stay safe and healthy." Um, after uh, after clicking send, so we'll uh, we'll see it. But yeah, not looking promising. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll see if I hear back from him. I'm gonna reach out to other people as well. Maybe Gary it- Coleman. Yeah. Uh, I think he's actually passed away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't think Gary Coleman's with us, but uh, yeah, it, not, not for nothing. You know, Ahmad, if you're listening, if you're, if you're thinking about coming on, uh, season one of Jedi Temple Challenges is actually available now on YouTube. They moved like it, it from, yeah, moved it from Disney Plus to YouTube uh really so, it's not yeah. on disney anymore all all of season one is is available on wow. the on the star wars kids youtube channel which for for a more adult star wars fan kind of feels patronizing that i have to go to the star wars kids <laughs> youtube channel to watch to to watch a show that i as a nine or ten year old would have would have killed to be on but you know anyhow we move on uh let's let, let's dive into the fast five okay speaking of disney uh disney plus actually made a pretty big announcement uh mulan is going to be coming to disney plus but it will cost you 30 dollars to uh I, I guess own mulan uh so so they're 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 kind of experimenting with a new business model um they are they're 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 going to be releasing this kind of as a video on demand within the disney plus app 
uh, and, and you, you have to pay a $30 price tag that you can then keep for the duration of your Disney Plus subscription. So they don't have an option to rent? Not currently. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, so the, the idea is you, you, you basically buy the movie and then it's accessible through Disney Plus. Okay. Uh, This was not immediately clear. People thought that this was going to be basically that rental fee. And and, and we've seen studios tinker with this in the past. Uh, Trolls World Tour notably had a pretty good showing where where it was a $20 rental fee or like $25 to own. Uh, Disney has decided to kind of tack a little on top of that and make it accessible only through the Disney Plus app. So I, I, I guess the the best analog that I can think of is ESPN has a contract with UFC where if you have ESPN Plus, which is available for a couple bucks a month, you can you can buy certain UFC fights for like sixty or seventy dollars. Okay. So some some of the title fights are are available as kind of like a pay per view, but only through the ESPN Plus app. Do you think Do you think that they're going to do this with uh, Black Widow? Oof, I don't know. Uh, I I I I think that I I think that Disney is loath to do this because there 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 are some movies like. Black Widow is probably a guaranteed, I don't know, $500, $750 million, uh, $750 million box office. And, and, and so I think that even with this kind of inflated stream it now, have it forever model, uh, they're, they're not going to be as successful at recouping some of that money. That said... Disney's got a lot of movies coming down the pipes. So at some they point they, they've got to like, let some of these go. Um, I'll also be curious to see if, if Mulan will always only be kind of like this premium purchase option, or if in March of 2021, they'll, yeah. they'll let it onto the app for free. Right. That would make sense. Right. I, I guess my big question is like, why, why not just bring this to theaters? Um, and, and I may have answered my own question in a previous comment talking about how at, at, at some point they've just got to start letting some of these movies go. Uh, Mulan was supposed to come out it, like the last week in March. So, so this is long, long, long overdue. But at, at the same time, you, you have to think that them having even a modest run in theaters when when they begin to reopen would would be instrumental in them recouping some of the costs of this film no doubt anyhow um yeah Th- it, this it, is the live action mulan right yes <laughs> i'm just joking <laughs> there, 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 there's a premium re-release of the animated classic <laughs> mulan starring donny osmond and eddie murphy a few 
Wait, was Eddie Murphy? Oh, you do it. Yeah, he was. Um, I was like, who? I thought we were talking you, about The Lion King for a second. Sca- scared me, too. I was like, oh, no. Was it? <laughs> um, uh, I remember this was probably 2012 or right around there. They re-released The Lion King. Um, I think it might have even been in 3D. I can't remember. It was either 3D or just some uh, remastered yeah. release or something like that. But it, that was such a fun one to see in theaters because it came out the year I was born. And so to see it on the big screen was a fun time. Mm-hmm. T- 2012 was a big year for theatrical re-releases in 3D of movies that you've already seen. Uh, some worked, some Avatar. didn't. Avatar. <laughs> Avatar. Um, <laughs> I, I I saw Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Halloween weekend, mm. 20... I, I, 2011? Yeah, 2011. Um, 3D didn't add very much to my viewing experience at all. In fact, sometimes I think it actively took away from, from what I was watching. But uh, but yeah, they, they were really into like testing the, the limits of, of that technology in a post-Avatar world. <laughs> there were so many films that were like, like not meant to be made in 3d but they then they just decided to release one anyway like yeah i like i'm trying to think of a good example uh like goodwill hunting or something like that <laughs> released released in a 3d format in addition to a, just a standard release the three stooges as you've never seen them before um all right, we'll, we'll we'll just let that one hang out there for a second and okay. and move right on. Yeah. So uh, so so Netflix is allegedly on the search for its own large family-friendly movie franchise similar to Star Wars or Harry Potter. Sh- shouldn't be too hard, I imagine. What? Wait, like <laughs> as in as in they're they're trying to come up with a new yes. one or buy No, okay. no, they're 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 trying to launch their own large fam- family friendly franchise. They can like Star Wars and Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean the problem the problem with Netflix is everything gets canceled after I, I think the only show that has lasted the only two, maybe two or three Netflix shows I can think of have lasted more than six seasons. Orange is the New Black and House of Cards, I believe, are the only ones that I can think of. And those are the two best. Other than that, they usually get axed after two or three seasons. Yeah. Well, uh, re- recently there was news that Ozarks or o- Ozark, Ozarks um, is, is getting canceled after this season. Like they're. Wow. Yeah, they're they're having a final season, and then that that's it. the 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 only shows that I can think so like Netflix has a couple buckets, right? There there is like just kind of the cheap to produce, mindless entertainment. They've got shows like Nailed It. Uh, recently, they've come out with a with a show called Floor Is Lava, which is kind of like a wipeout mm. uh, yeah. knockoff, and and those bring in a number of you know families or contestants or whatever they they compete for ten thousand dollars they make eight episodes they've got a season boom that that's content and just kind of cheap to produce fun for the whole family whatever um then they've got 
things like, uh, you know, uh, Ozark or Orange is the New Black, uh, House of Cards, which is like kind of premium original content. And then they have shows of things that were loved that got canceled and they picked back up. So Arrested Development, I believe uh, British Baking Show, Great British Baking Show is now under the Netflix flag. Like they they either acquired it or or something. So um, it, it it's gonna probably take a little bit of all three of these to for for Netflix to to get something. You know, one of those what what one of those large family friendly movie franchises similar to Star Wars or Harry Potter. Wow. That have like entire theme parks created after them. Right, right. I I, I understand the desire um, because I think in, everyone has that. Yeah, I, I too would like to create a large family friendly <laughs> uh, movie franchise similar to Star Wars or or Harry Potter, and and I think that in the streaming wars, like content is king, right? So right, Net, Netflix is already started to feel the squeeze as HBO Max has gobbled up friends and uh, uh, like, Peacock has got the office. Right, right. Pe- Peacock is grabbing stuff. Um, five, five years ago or so, Hulu won the battle to get Seinfeld. Like a, a lot of these kind of more established uh, uh, established sitcoms are, are finding their homes back at the parent network who has decided, Hey, it's actually pretty, uh, pretty profitable to, to have one of these streaming things. So, uh, you know, if they can do it great, I'll be a fan. I, I, I can't see them doing much better ever than, than what they've been able to milk out of like a stranger things, uh, which, which I think that they've started to make a little more family friendly than, than was originally intended. Um, I, I agree with that. Um, what they should try doing is they should hit up Luke or they should hit up Disney Lucasfilm and see if they would be willing to part with the Gungans and Netflix could make a series based off the Gungans. (laughs) Just like, just (laughs) broker broker a partial IP deal with, with, with Lucasfilm and Disney. Like, look, we just want the Gungans. They won't even go topside on Naboo. You, you, you just retconned that the, that the Gungans ever existed and we get them. I, I, if they're not going to include them in anything going forward, like, it, it, I mean, they could possibly do it. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's a the the Gungans are very much an afterthought of the Star Wars universe. Um, I think we'd all like to forget some of the things Jar Jar Binks said and did in Episode One, but I don't know. And and they already have somewhat of a following, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I, would would it be kind of like a slapsticky sitcom with 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 uh, with like the laugh track going? Thursdays on CBS. <laughs> oh, Boss Nass! Boss Nass, you're, you're back! Mrs. Mrs. Obama excited! 
<laughs> Did you say it's like a sitcom? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I Love Lucy. Risa and Big Poodle, if we don't figure this out before the boss gets back. <laughs> it's like a workplace, like a modern day workplace. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they should do like a, like a District 9, so it's like humans and aliens, but the aliens are Gungans. So it's mm-hmm. set on Earth in modern scenarios, but the Gungans just like interacting with humans. That'd be pretty good. It, it, it's... It's Jar Jar trying to like reacquaint himself among the Gungan species, and you realize he's the only one who talks like that, and like no one else is dopey. Like, hey guys, Jar Jar, can you can you just cut it out, okay? Like, we we we've tried to be nice, but at some point you're an adult. We we've just got to cut it out. Um, if any, this is for our listeners and for you. Um. I would highly recommend the Star Wars Robot Chicken episodes. Uh, there, there are some really great ones, especially where Jar Jar Binks is basically follows adult Anakin around all the time and annoys him. Um, and then he's killed, uh, I, I believe, sent out one of these escape pods um, that has no ship in it. So he's basically just sent out into space and dies. Uh, and then comes back and haunts Annie as a force ghost. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's just can't get rid of him. I I actually um, recently purchased the Family Guy trilogy of Star Wars parodies because I I, I wanted to watch the first one and it was going to be like $10 to rent it, but it was like, $8 $8 to just buy the whole trilogy secondhand. So mm, okay. I, I, I watched, I watched the first one and it was good. Uh, I, I remembered it being a little funnier, but I'll, I'll report back with, uh, with, with two and three when I get to them. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. So we bounced from Disney to Netflix and back kind of in Disney's neighborhood to Pixar uh, Pixar has announced its new film, Luca, which is set yes. in the Italian Riviera. This is directed by Enrico Casarosa, who directed the short La Luna that played just before Brave. Have, have, have you excited. Kind of seen? Yeah. I, 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 they haven't released any. It's only been images thus far, right? No, no clips or anything? Yes. So, looks, so, so we got, looks really cool. Yeah. We got basically one still. Uh, it, it, it looked almost like it was inspired by, by kind of like an anime style design. Uh, but the, the basic thing that we have is set on the Italian Riviera. The animated feature will be a coming of age story about one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. There is talk of a amicable sea monster making an appearance. Mm. Um, and though I have a feeling that this is not going to be Pixar's tack, it's hard for me to not imagine this as a animated family-friendly adaptation of Call Me By Your Name. Uh, so, something about a <laughs> just a, a, a young Italian boy named, named Luca uh, experiencing an unforgettable summer in the Italian Riviera just, just makes me think that we're going to get in that territory. <laughs> 
Maybe. Uh, unlikely. Yeah, who knows? If, if so, good for them. Um, ha, ha, speaking of the, whenever I hear that name, Luca, I, I think of, have, did you ever watch the documentary? Um, don't, don't F with cats. No, I, I, it, it was very popular for a time, but I, I, I sat that one out. Wow. Is the guy named Luca? Is there a cat named Luca? <laughs> no, I just think of it. I just think of it whenever I hear the name for some reason. That's very odd. <laughs> I'm just joking. Yeah, the guy's name is oh. Luca. Um, it's like on Christmas vacation where Eddie's like, yeah, whenever whenever my wife turns on the microwave, I fist myself and pass out and forget who I was or something like that. <laughs> something about that name. That name. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much all we got right now. No, no, no official yeah. release date. I'm sure it'll get pushed, whatever it was. Um, this one is worrying. Are, are you excited Uh-oh. to see Dune? Yes, very, very excited. Okay. Well, I I am about to throw some cold water on it, potentially. Uh, oh, no. Dennis Villanueva described the struggle of trying to finish Dune on time in the midst of quarantine. He says, quote, I was planning to go back and shoot some elements later because I wanted to readjust the movie. I needed time. At the time, I didn't know that it would be a pandemic as we were about to go back to do those elements. The impact was that it crushed my schedule right now. It will be a sprint to finish this movie on time because we were allowed to go back to shoot these elements in a few weeks. It it meant also that I have to finish editing uh, some elements of the movie like VF, like VFX, editing, etc. being in Montreal as my crew stayed in LA. Uh, does this give you cause for worry or concern? Yes, because I don't want it to be rushed. I, I'm hoping that he'll just be okay with it being even delayed a couple of months. Like I think we would all be okay with that as long as the end product was great. Yeah, it, it's it's hard with the timing on some of these like big movies that, that that are just kind of expected to make a billion plus Um, Dune has an absolutely stacked cast. I don't know very much about the source material, but people who know it are very excited about it. And I I think that just, I, I don't know. It, it's it's hard because if you miss that like Christmas holiday season window, the next time that good movies tend to come out are like summer blockbusters. So uh, un- unless unless the movie industry is just kind of calling a mulligan and we might get this in like February, uh, t- typically at the beginning of each year, you get just like the stinkers that that totally... Are, are are not expected to do that great you right. you you schedule your flops for for january and there are some surprises uh get out notably came out in in january but on on the whole very bad and through award season you you tend to release some of your like lower tier movies leading to summer so i, I don't know Hopefully, hopefully it'll it, it'll work itself out. But I think 
as you were saying, people who are excited about this movie would be willing to sit on their hands for a few months and, and, and wait for this to be done correctly as opposed yes. to trying to trying to rush through a, a an inferior product exactly yeah in 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 three years we're not going to care whether this movie came out in december or may but no if if it sucks it sucks right yes yeah so i don't know good luck uh good luck gang good luck dennis yeah were were you just zipping and unzipping something <laughs> yeah there's a pillow next to me <laughs> that was uh, okay. i didn't think audio would catch that but i was it wasn't my it wasn't my drawers no got it yeah <laughs> just gotta, gotta let them breathe <laughs> it's like a brief i, I was contemplating if i was going to whiz right now and then i just at the last second changed my mind (laughs) no not now skylar uh well fortunately uh we've only got one more on the fast five and that is that sam neill has posted that he will be reprising his role as dr alan grant in jurassic world dominion Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum will also be back reprising their roles. So we've got the full original cast, except for the founder of Jurassic Park, uh, the old guy. Am I, am I hearing some Jurassic Park audio or was that your stomach growling? No, neither. Uh, again, surprised <laughs> that audio caught it, but a, a, a motorcyclist uh, oh, okay. was making his way across our street. I thought for sure that was a T-Rex from a trailer you had pulled up on your screen or something. <laughs> 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 um, so I may be wrong about this, but um, Jeff Goldblum was in the first Jurassic World movie just very briefly, right? As like a... Second one. Oh, the second one. Okay, yeah. Fallen Kingdom. Okay. Yeah, heavily, heavily featured in the trailer. Yeah. And then he was in the last like... <laughs> 90 seconds of the movie right um i'm really excited for laura dern and sam neill like uh dr grant was my favorite growing up my favorite character um i i think i think today i saw like they posted a picture of uh like their their uh, on-set chairs that said sam neill and laura dern on it so yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this, and hopefully it uh, exceeds the very low bar set by um, the last movie. Uh, but we'll wait and see. <sighs> Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom is probably my least favorite movie that I've ever seen, um, <laughs> and 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 I say least favorite intentionally because it's probably not the worst movie that i've ever seen but like jurassic world was a bit of a surprise i i i think that people people didn't have like a huge bar for uh for jurassic world but were were very pleasantly surprised competent reboot like you know good storyline i liked how they tied in some of like the old 
Jurassic Park elements. I, I think they got like the old Jeep running. Uh, yeah. Things like that were fun. And then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, it felt like at least two different movies just crammed into one. Uh, <laughs> one about the dinosaurs being destroyed and just like the of like the brontosaurus or whatever that got left on the dock just slowly right. being being consumed by the ash and lava and, and everything oh, yeah good point which by the way like they probably could have tightened that scene up a little bit in, in my mind's eye i've only seen this movie once and it was in theaters and i vowed that's it but yep um it, it felt like it went on for a good 45 seconds yes. to a minute five, five seconds would have done it for me like i get it um and and then we go to that rich old man's house and it becomes like a like like a heisty movie but also like <laughs> like an invasion you, you know there, there there were just so yes. many different things going uh and and none of them paid off but uh, that little girl. Yeah. I had to save them. They're like me. <clears throat> oh gosh. <laughs> so so she releases she releases them in doesn't she release them into the wild? Yes. A 10-year-old snot-nosed little clone girl releases <laughs> and no one, dinosaurs. No one stops her. Yeah. No one stops her either. <laughs> yeah, she just pushes the big red button. Like <laughs> oh gosh. What a joke. Um, so yeah, they're, 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 they're out there now. Like they are out in the world and we got to deal with it as humans. Maybe, maybe it'll be like the Gungans and humans crossover. Yeah. You, you like, you, you like go into a coffee shop and there's a velociraptor sitting at your table drinking a, drinking an espresso or something. All right. While you were sleeping, uh, this came out in 1995. So Skylar, at the time you were you were probably two years old, uh, yep. still still fresh off the loss of losing the late great Jerry Garcia. You needed to pick me up. Next thing you know, you're in the theaters uh, and and you're going to see while you were sleeping Jerry Garcia, famous guitarist from the Grateful Dead. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking uh, of Jeff Garcia, former quarterback in the NFL. So thanks, no, he, thanks for helping. He, he, he was still doing it. Uh, he, he, I, I was like, I'm pretty sure he was playing until the tw uh, until like 2010 or something. Yeah, like that. definitely still kicking around the league. Uh, no, uh, sorry, I, I I went for the joke there and lost my train of thought. But anyway, it's okay, Jerry while, Garcia. While, yeah, while, while you were sleeping, uh, what? Just quick thoughts. Would you give this out of a hundred? Um, I, I gave it a pretty decent score. I, so I, I gave it an 83. Um, and I, Mike, I had to like, I had to change my criteria a little bit. And, and I think that can be said, um, for most comedies. Um, I, I don't know how many, how, there has to be some quirk, I feel like in a lot of comedies. And so, uh, you're very, I'm very, you got to be forgiving of that if you're, you're being super critical of a movie. And so, yeah, I, I thought the premise was super interesting um, and unique and Sandra Bullock is hilarious. And I thought she did a really good job. Um, yeah, it was good. It was a good, good film. 83 out of a hundred. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. So 
I gave this a 75 out of 100. Uh, originally, I had this scored at a 70, but I decided that I, like you, needed to, needed to reframe how I, how I view romantic comedies. So what, what, what I have opted to do is for the future, well, now, now and into the future when, when we rank these romantic comedies, I will score it. I will ask my wife what she scored it, and I will take the higher of the two. Uh, oh, because good I, idea. I, I think that that, uh, that that will hopefully lend a little more credence and, and kind of grade on a curve. Not, not to say that there's anything wrong with, with romantic comedies, but I think like, like to your point, it, it seems that a lot of rom-coms have to have some major conceit that, that the whole movie is built upon. Uh, mm-hmm. th- this one, of course, being a case of mistaken identity and then like amnesia or, or what have you. Uh, so anyhow, solid movie. I, I did not know going into it that this was a Christmas movie. So sorry to, uh, so- sorry to give you a little Christmas, not, not quite in July, but some, some summer Christmas flicks. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I thought it was good. And yeah, one like Christmas movies aren't always that great and romantic comedies aren't always that great. Like the, you, you can have really great versions of, of both, but I, I think that both genres tend to tend to have more middling uh, efforts on, on, on the curve. I, I don't know if this movie ranks particularly high in either genre, but in terms of like a Christmas rom-com rates pretty high. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked some of the more hokey elements of it. And, mm-hmm. and, and part of that is it being like a 90s movie. Right. So, so you, you've got like uh, Sandra Bullock. She, she's trying to pull the, pull the Christmas tree up on the rope. Uh, she slips on the rope. You hear a window break. Lucy! Uh, <laughs> like, come on! <laughs> Uh, but 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 you know there's 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 a comfort in in watching uh slightly older movies particularly rom-coms because you you can just kind of everything about the movie is suggesting the next step you you kind of know where where the road is leading you and and down to like the score I, i noticed that sometimes it would be like Dum, 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 dum. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. something, something kind of like cutesy crazy is about yeah. to happen, or or it would like slow down to a to to like a lounge piano. And I'm like, all right, cue the kiss. Uh, yeah, so, that's yeah, that's yeah. no, that's a good point. So, something comforting. Um. So, I, I was thinking about what you were saying about. Uh, just Christmas and rom-coms that like the, the genre is blending or whatever. And th- this isn't a plug for a movie, but Grace and I last year, it was last year, might've been two years ago, uh, went and saw a, a new movie in theaters called Last Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, that Amelia was terrible. Clark, Henry Cho. It was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Anyone listening, don't see Last Christmas. Um, it was a completely different film than I expected it to be. Uh, that being said, I really, I, I, there were so many parts that just made me laugh in, in while you were sleeping. Um, 
<clears throat> one thing I thought was particularly funny was the scene early in the morning where the, the young boy was delivering newspapers and just eats it on his bicycle. Um, I thought that was just, I don't know. It, it, I, I was impressed because like, it's a, it's a legit, like I, I, I was thinking about if I was acting, could I just go and crash on a bike? Like, and he turns the wheel sideways and goes yeah. like over the handlebars. And I'm like, it was bad. That's like more impressive than Leonardo DiCaprio's, you know, appearance in Django Unchained, right? Like, oh, that was. I, 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 was I thought you were going to say The Revenant. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, him getting mauled by a CGI bear? Do you remember? Or was that a the, real? Was that a real bear? Uh, I, I mean. I'm sure that there was a real bear. I'm sure that there was a CGI bear. I, I'm I'm sure that the one that was gutting Leonardo DiCaprio was not a real bear. Uh, <laughs> but there, there there was a rumor right right before that movie came out that Leonardo like that in the movie the bear was going to uh, molest Leonardo DiCaprio and. and <laughs> And, and and it got so big that the that the studio had to announce ahead of the movie's release, hey, just so you know, this bear isn't going to uh, deflower Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, that would be such a crazy twist to that scene. You think the bear is going to like, you know, rip his head off and then ends up getting it on with him? Yeah, I, and like, Talk about gratuitous! Like what, 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 what could possibly come from from that decision? <laughs> you I'm, start I'm... playing some Marvin Gaye in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow, uh, that, I had never heard that before. Fortunately, he was only uh, nearly killed by the bear. What if? What if he was like? Because I know in the past he's been super serious about like. Uh, I guess an example is Django Unchained. In that scene where he's giving the speech, yeah. he cuts his hand, right? Yeah. Breaking the glass. Yeah. Um, what, if, what if he was so into the role that he demanded an actual bear maul him for the scene? <laughs> it, like, like, like how, uh, like, like how, how Tom Cruise is insistent that he do his, uh, all his own stunts. Like Leonardo DiCaprio demands that, everything that happens to his characters must also happen to him. <laughs> I'm going to drown in this ice water, okay? Rose is going to let me go, and I am going to drown, and that's the end of it. Um, I had a friend years ago who thought that when someone died in a movie, they died in real life. And so it, How old it, like, is this person? Um, you and I actually both know this person. He goes uh, by uh -uh. Sumner Mahaffey. <laughs> um, and I, I was thinking about it afterwards and I'm just like, that must make movies so much more impactful to you. Like you just feel so much more like, like even in a movie like Disturbia, right? Like this, the opening scene is the dad dying and it could just be like violent, um, to most viewers. But if you had that perspective of that person just died and you saw it, it would just be so much more powerful. Like, it, wow, is, I wish we could all think that. Is that why he thought that actors got paid so much? Because they, they knew like, all right, well, <laughs> here it comes. You're like, hopefully they didn't uh, write me off in this script because I'm, I'm a dunner. Yeah.
<laughs> I think I just said a dunner, but I meant a goner. I'm a dunner. <laughs> I'm a dunner. <laughs> All right, let's let, let's get back on track. Um, okay, uh, what were we talking about? The movie? Yeah. So so, oh gee, what? Uh, I, I was talking about the kid who went over the handlebars, and I thought, yes, yes, that, that was just you. like a fun, unnecessary scene that just made me laugh out loud. No, I, I I like it. There there are these little vignettes throughout the th- throughout the movie, just like like snippets of of a, a little a little slice of Mayberry pie. You know, you you just you you get the idea that you were in this white picket fence town, uh, just a, a slice of Americana, and I I I think that there are a lot of elements in the movie that that kind of play to that so you've got peter boyle uh the the dad who was a very welcome surprise uh in in this cast yeah i i I kept waiting for him to be like more more crotchety or at least get like a holy crap but no no dice uh yeah but he he, you know he's just like this down-to-earth uh, he, he basically goes to, uh, what, what are they called? Estate sales, buys up the stuff, touches it up and, and, and then resells it. And just something about kind of the, the good natured blue collar sensibility of, um, of that family makes, makes this whole film very heartwarming, I guess. Like they're, they're, they're definitely going for you to feel like you love this family, like you care about them and that the family cares about each other as well. Right. Uh, when, when, when Sandra Bullock is, is brought into the family home, she gets a very warm welcome. The whole family's there. They've got like neighbors over who are basically, uh, who are basically family. So it, it, the, the whole, the whole movie I think is, is designed to feel like just this warm hug. Yeah, um, I actually, I, I, I thought, yeah, it was really endearing, honestly, the, like, at first, um, you can kind of see where it's going with uh, um, Sandra Bullock's character, uh, like, initially lying, or not, it I wasn't even a lie, it was, I mean, a lie by omission, I guess, um, about, you know, being the fiancé, <clears throat> But it, like, turns into this really sad, like, she doesn't have anyone in her life. And, um, yeah, it it was really sweet to see how the family really embraced her. Uh, Someone who was a stranger up until the moment they find out their their son is in a coma. And so, yeah, I I thought that that aspect of the film was was really endearing. Yeah, so you're hitting on something that I feel is far and away the, the most the most impressive, interesting part of the movie. And that is Sandra, uh, Lucy, Sandra Bullock's character's name is Lucy. Lucy's like voyeuristic glimpse into this picture perfect family. Um, and, and how it starts as, you know, her, her having a crush on some guy who, who she sees, basically someone to make the workday go by, right? Like she, mm-hmm. she counts the hours until he slides his 50 cents un- under the, uh, un- under the ticket window. 
and she immediately starts counting to the next time that their eyes meet. Uh, that, that is vaguely interesting to me. But this, this, this desire that she has to get a glimpse into the, the, the world uh, that, that he lives in, that frankly he takes for granted, is, is, is way, way, way more interesting to me. And I wish that there had been more of an exploration into that, but I think that too much of that would have, would have totally changed the tone of this movie. Um, I thought, I thought for sure, like it, the film really didn't go the way I expected it to go in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what I thought for sure we were going to get like the exact same storyline as Overboard. Um, have, have you seen Overboard, either the remake or the original where some rich guy goes, I, I'm not sure if he just gets knocked out or if goes into a coma, uh, but then wakes up and the, the lead female uh, in the, in the film acts as though they were married all along or whatnot. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was going to take that route, but it, uh, it did not end up going that way. And so I was actually pretty su- pleasantly surprised that it didn't. But. I, I, I was going to see the remake of overboard, but I was team Chris Pratt on that whole thing. So I kind of felt weird with Anna Ferris <laughs> uh, le- being in the leading role. So, so instead you saw Jurassic world fallen kingdom. <laughs> Come on, babe. We're we're gonna vote with our wallet. Um, what a what a mistake. Uh, so, like, did you believe the main setup of the movie? Like, did 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 the whole thing with with like Lucy jumping onto the track, saving the guy, r- rushing him to the hospital, her mumbling under her breath? I'm going to marry you. And then the nurse being like, wait, wait, that's her fiance. And then, you know, just the the whole thing. Did that, did that take you out of the movie at all? What, was it believable enough? Uh, what would you think? Well, initially I got hung up on it and I, I didn't like the nurse, the nurse overhearing uh, her whispering under her breath, whatever, like, like we're going to get married. I, that That didn't bother me as much. I, I thought it was super – the only thing that I thought was far-fetched was how he got into a coma in the first place. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he la- – he must have landed – like, if these guys are assaulting him, they push him onto the tracks, and I, it didn't look as though he fell backward. It looked like he was going to land on his feet, if I'm not mistaken. And, it, I mean, it's not a very far fall either. Um, but yeah. next thing you know, he's in a coma. Hey, give me your wallet, Jack. Uh, like yeah well and and i also thought that those rails were like electrified uh like like that there was a current running through them so even if she saved him like right anyway anyway we're i i think we're getting a little too granular now but yeah yeah for for me yeah (laughs) sure you fell on your head and (laughs) fell into a coma (laughs) there 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 is uh, a suspension of disbelief that, that I think needs to take place. And right, right when I was ready to just like give up on the movie in, in terms of believability, they threw in that little nugget about how uh, Peter Gallagher's grandmother had um, 
had like some heart condition. And if she found out that Lucy wasn't his real fiance, then, then she'd have like a conniption fit and, and die. Um, right. And I guess that was like enough to kind of string everything together uh, in, in such a way as to where I, I could believe it. But um, uh, you know, I, I, I guess in, in this world, we, we probably owe it to ourselves and our listeners to do a few more uh, rom-coms, not, not like back to back, obviously, but kind of work those into the mix so that we can, develop our our uh appetite yeah our 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 palate a little bit more yeah yeah Uh, anyway anyway i i just i i didn't know if that was a little bit too much even even for the genre well and i i think too like trying to define the genre by something from the mid 90s is also like like a a rom-com now is so different than yeah, I, I mean the tone is even is very different. Like the the '90s films, especially the rom-com genre, have have a completely different tone than anything you would see today. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying. Um, uh, you know what? Like, I I feel like the modern day analog to while you were sleeping is the big sick which was a very, very good. Yeah. That, that was a little bit more of like a head on comedy. Um, but kind of the, the setup for that is this, this guy, Kamel, Kamel Nanjiani, he's, he's playing himself. Uh, he has been in a relationship with his girlfriend for a while. They break up. And then like a week later, he gets a call from her roommate saying, Hey, Kamel, like we we took so and so to the hospital. She's not doing so well. Can you like can, can you go just look after her? And she she gets placed in a medically induced coma, but her her parents uh, her parents come down, and so he he spends the next few weeks getting to know them and kind of de- dealing with the yes. fact that he's still emotionally attached to his recently uh, recently split ex-girlfriend, but he's kind of finding out about her life uh, before the relationship and everything. Anyway, very good. Such a good one, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The interactions that, like, that uh, (laughs) that Kumail has with her parents are just some of the funniest conversations ever. It really is good comedy. And that that's probably my favorite Ray Romano role of yes. all time. Yeah, I mean, he, he does. He does so good in that movie. Um, but but yeah, like like you said, the 90s was kind of its own thing. Um, and there you 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 have to kind of play the game by by its rules, uh, right. if, if you will. Like, I, I don't know there there was just something a lot more overt about the style of filmmaking or, or I guess like for movies like this, there, there are still like prestige level films that were made in the nineties, but, but for, for kind of the, the comfort food watch uh, that this was very par for the course. You know, we should, we should explore the nineties film industry, like in depth on another episode. 
because I, I was just thinking about some of the bizarre, like uh, prior to the nineties. I mean, I, I, I can't say I'm super familiar. I, I probably know a lot of the big name films from the eighties and prior to that, but like there were just so many uh, like, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? The, the live action. One, one of my favorites um, growing up. <laughs> it was so weird, right? <laughs> it's so weird. And, and, and there were plenty of other films in the 90s that were just like, wh- how did we think, like, how did this make it to the big screen? Uh, I, I don't know if it was just a time where cinema was, was continually growing. And so people just started throwing whatever they could in, but yeah, yeah, just something interesting to maybe think about uh, and and possibly discuss later on. But um, another, okay. This was another thing from while you were sleeping that really caught me by surprise. Um, Like the, the scene with the ex fiance of Peter Gallagher Mm-hmm. Uh, was was like very anticlimactic to me. Um, I, I thought it was going to be very predictable in in that, um, especially the scene where they uh, where, where Lucy and and the I don't remember the the other fiance's name. Whatever is yeah. it, Ashley? Just the the bad one. The the the, the, the mean baddie. girl. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The B H A D D I E. They're in the elevator together, and mm. y- you expect that they're going to both show up in the room at the same time, and that's when Lucy's going to be outed and and whatever. But does not happen like that at all. Um, and she en- she ends up uh, really. I mean, yeah, she 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 basically outs herself. Um, Rather than, and then in the aftermath of that is when the ex fiance shows up, kind of thing. I, I don't know. It was it was very unpredictable. Not where I thought it was going to go. So yeah, I, I actually enjoyed that. Uh, speaking of unpredictable, the I I just remembered that the way that Lucy is able to prove that she is Peter Gallagher's <laughs> fiance is that she she tells the family that he has one testicle. She, she learned this uh, from one of his coworkers who came in and said, oh, is he still mad about the, the incident? Tell him I forgot I had a pencil in my pocket when we were playing basketball. If my son or my brother or my nephew or my grandson or my uncle <laughs> claimed to have one testicle, I would inquire no further. <laughs> there, there, there is no need to to lift up the bed sheet, to slip your hand under the gown. Like, okay, he has one <laughs> testicle. That that is personal enough information for me. I, I was blown away that that was how she was able to keep her cover, and even more shocked when who what, was it? The mother, the mom, the mom. The mom. Yes, yeah, mom. If you're listening. Just believe people. Like take it, take it at yeah. Yeah. At, word. If if Lu- word if it. Lucy was lying, worst case scenario, she was lying. If if one of my family members reaches under my my <laughs> hospital gown, worst case scenario, they touched my private parts. Like, <laughs> how, how is this even a question? 
Yeah, that that was shocking. I, I remember, yeah, we were sitting there and I didn't, yeah, you just don't think, I, I don't even, would they do something like that in a movie today? Um, like the, like maybe a, a friend checking, but I don't know if a, like a parent, that'd be, that just is kind of bizarre, but if, it was funny. If, if a parent did it, there would be a lot more conversation leading up to it. <laughs> as opposed to just kind of a couple of wandering eyes around the hospital room. And then the mother <laughs> nearly basically unprompted saying, well, I'm his mother. And yeah. Yeah. And everyone else was cool with it too. They're yeah. just like, yeah, mom, I'd be go. Like, yeah. Dude, get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> hey mom, let's rethink this. Let, let's, let's reset for a second. <laughs> Anyhow. Or have a nurse look at it. I don't know. Oh, that would have been a good way too. I wonder, that must have been a gruesome accident, by the way. Yeah. Could you imagine being on that basketball court? <laughs> no. I mean, was it, was it hardwood or was it blacktop? <laughs> blacktop, they'd have to like power wash it or whatever. Yep. Oh, gosh. And who doesn't know, like if you're wearing gym shorts, you would know if you had a sharp pencil in your pocket, I would think, but. Yeah, and especially oh, I can't. I feel I, like I feel like you're more likely to do damage to yourself with a pencil in your pocket than to someone else too. Gosh, the the more I think about this, the more horrifying. Like the, <laughs> the details around that injury are solidifying. We 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 need to pivot. Um, okay. The Jack versus Peter debate. The 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 two brothers, like who is right for Lucy. I, I feel was yesteryear's uh, Team Edward versus Team Jacob. Okay. That being said, I'd go off the board. I don't like either of them. Okay. I like Joey Jr. Jo- Joey Jr. <laughs> listen. He turns listen. around at the end? He, so when, when we meet Joey Jr., he's in like a crushed velvet tracksuit, and he's like, hey, yo, how you doing? Pa says I could borrow, borrow that bottle of liquor for my probation officer. Hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me buy you a dog, toots. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to the ice capades. I got two tickets. I know a guy. Hey. <laughs> but that guy, by the way, not for nothing, he was originally considered for Tony Soprano for the Sopranos. What? Yeah. I was, I, was, wow. I, was, I was doing my field research because – I came into this podcast knowing that I was a Joey Jr. guy. My, my, I thought you were going to say he won, he won some, he got nominated for an Oscar for his role in While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> and the award for Best Supporting Actor goes to Joey Jr. Joel Migliatari for his portrayal of Joey Jr. and While You Were Sleeping. <laughs> This marks seven oh, Academy Awards for While You Were Sleeping, the highest of the 1995 Oscars. Um, no, so Joey Jr. is the only character in the movie who loves Lucy for who she is. Uh, the, I, I, I can't even remember. A sweet piece of meat. <laughs> <laughs> he loves her for who, who she is. Someone who is in his, someone who is a tenant of his father who looks good in black lingerie. <laughs> um, no, he just, like, he's not trying to change her. I, I feel like uh, Peter Gallagher's character, 
would, would have obviously tried to tried to like bring her into his world. And, and I feel like Bill Pullman's character was began his, his pursual of, of her because he wanted what his brother had, but Joey Jr.'s love always true, always pure. He, he wore his heart on his sleeve. He cried on Lucy's shoulder when, when, when that broad from upstairs left him. Hey, uh, anyway, I, I just had to get that out there. Joey Jr., if you're listening, come on the pod. Uh, congratulations on your Oscar. Uh, and yeah, I, I like him. Are, are there any other, are there any films? I mean, this could be more recent memory where we, we thought that there were two men vying for the love, the love of the, of the female lead. And then it went to someone we did not expect. Hmm. I can't remember how when in Rome ended, but I know that there were a lot of men <laughs> vying for her love. But I, I think it went to the guy we were expecting. You know Probably. what? If you consider the rise of Skywalker in that category, because we thought, well, a lot of us thought Finn and Ray, there was a scene early on, I believe in the rise of Skywalker where we thought maybe Poe and Ray wasn't there a scene that kind of like made you think like, does Poe like Ray? Um, I, I know that there had been rumblings about it. Are, are, are you saying that you were surprised by the Kylo, Kylo. Ray thing? I was surprised by it. There, there was a very, very strong Raylo community in, I, okay. in, in, in the Star Wars, you know, group chats. I, my, my, my thing with that is community aside what what the film was telling me i did not anticipate and i feel like they've have they even i feel like they've already retconned that like that it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> like it, comes out last year and it's already retconned it it, it wasn't a kiss ray thought that he was still dying <laughs> and was trying to perform cpr <laughs> oh my in, gosh! In, in in the novelization, they they change it from like a warm embrace and a tender kiss to like Ray pounded on Kylo's <laughs> chest, trying to get oh. his chest to to take in sweet breath. <laughs> <laughs> she put her that, lips on his clammy, cold lips. So so Kylo is the Joey, the modern day Joey Junior. <laughs> Ray, I've always loved you for who you are. When you were a drunkard's daughter in Jakku, hey, I loved you, hey. All right, I I, I might be retiring the overly Italian guy uh, impression forever. Who knows? That guy, he would have taken off if he got Tony Soprano instead of James Gandolfini. Yeah, could you imagine? I I agree, but I'm wondering if James Gandolfini's career might not might not have been improved by him being cast as Joey Jr. I mean, it, imagine the way he would have popped on screen. Yeah, is he still alive, by the way? Oh, gee, uh, I would not know that off the top of my head. Not I, Joey I, Jr. James Gandolfini. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, James Gandolfini. Oh. Uh, is is no longer with us. He died in 2013 in the sweet, sweet town of Rome, Italy. So, I mean... He died I, in Italy? Yeah. 
All right. Was he, he was, actually Italian, you think? I mean, like, by blood, I'm, I'm sure. By blood, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mean, okay, let's see. Oh, he's American, okay. Yeah, he, he, he was born in Jersey, but with a name like Gandolfini, it has to be Italian. You can go back any time. <laughs> I, I, was, I feel like he, he got his start. He got, where did he get, what was his first big one? Was it not um, The Sopranos? I feel like he, he I, I feel like he took on that persona that he brought into The Sopranos in, like, in movies prior. Hmm. I could be wrong. Yeah, his, I don't see anything here. His son is going to be playing, uh, is going to be playing Tony Soprano in, like, a Sopranos uh, prequel called The Mini Saints Whoa. of Newark interesting i you know I, I have never seen the sopranos um i i gotta get on tra- i gotta get on that train i mean me either so i'm not gonna get on your case but okay you know <laughs> but that does sound interesting nonetheless we 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 may not have seen the sopranos but we have seen while you were sleeping while you were sleeping yep the prequel yeah. <laughs> Tony Soprano's origin story. Um let's see. So I I I don't want to like cut things off uh prematurely. I I just I I feel like I've gotten most most of my thoughts out of the way. One one thing that I want to touch on like there are movies that want to make you think about something. There are movies that want to show you something and, and there are movies that make you want to feel something. And I feel like this mm-hmm. is definitely the last one. Uh, this, this movie was, was designed from top to bottom pretty much to make you want to, to hug your, your, your loved ones, maybe pick up the phone if it's been a while, call mom and pop or whoever uh, and 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 just be close with the ones that you love. So for that right. reason, perfect Christmas movie. Great, great, great Christmas movie. Um, I, I don't have necessarily any any closing thoughts on that. Um, one thing. Okay, this is really weird. Hmm. Uh. Throughout our podcast, not just this one, but prior as well. There, there have been times where my internet connection has been poor and, and it cuts out on me. And during those times, you start moving very slowly. you like, I, I you, the audio almost cuts out entirely. Uh-huh. And I just see you moving around really slowly, like licking your lips. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not like sensual at all. It's just like, <laughs> It's a normal action that's slowed down to to be, to be comical, mm-hmm. um, which made me think: if you ever want to get a really good laugh, you should just record like a three minute conversation with someone and listen to it at like point two five speed. So that's why I'm Team Joey Junior. <laughs> Sounds like Dory trying to be a whale. Wait, were you? <laughs> 
Were you were you Team Jacob or Ed or uh, was it Edward? Edward or I, Edwin? Is it Ed, Edwin? Edward. 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 Okay. Come on. No, no self-respecting vampire would call himself <laughs> Edwin. Um, I I was very firmly Team Jacob. Oh wow! Yeah. You must have been a Shark Boy and Lava Girl guy. Huge Shark Boy and Lava Girl guy. Uh, (laughs) Even though, as I mentioned, I tried reading the Wikipedia page and could not make sense of the plot, even when it was condensed and laid out right in front of me. (laughs) Oh, we got to dissect it. Maybe we'll review it. I mean, if it... We got to break movies like that down. If it it comes to streaming, we, we might do it. All right, that was uh, that. That was while you were sleeping. Good movie, Ooh, and like I said, great. we'll uh, we'll we'll do more. We'll do more rom coms in the future. I I, I yeah. think you and I, you 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 and I, it, it's it's kind of like we've we've been doing we, we've been doing cardio a lot. Now now we mm-hmm. need to do some. Weight I don't know. Training. Yeah, some some weight training. Well, I I don't remember who it was that recommended uh, while you were sleeping, um, but Rochelle. Rachel, I mean, uh, Jenna, th- Jenna. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for the, the, uh, recommendation. It was, it was, it's always fun having, uh, listeners recommend a, a film and, and, uh, for us to review it the next week. Yeah, of course. And if you, if you have any other suggestions, uh, we, we will leave a link in the description. You can go to our Apple podcast page, leave us a five-star rating, leave a, a movie that you think we should review and, uh, and we'll check it out. By the way, I had someone, um, we, we, we did an Instagram poll, like what, what movie should we review next? And someone who does not follow us, uh, or has interacted with the page at all said hacks came in (laughs) hacks. Remember me from your first episode. (laughs) Minute zero, second nine. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I had someone comment, "You should, you should do all the Transformers movies." <laughs> Wait, someone, someone who's never, who doesn't follow us or anything? Yeah. I, wow. I, I have to assume that it was a rival podcast who wanted to take us out and just decimate our <laughs> listener base. Yes. Start with uh, start with the 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 most re- what was it the like the the last night Transformers yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Wow. We're like okay. It's like um, a medieval Transformers film. What welcome, what welcome to week three of Transformers month. <laughs> this week we're going to be doing Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Be sure to tune in next week for Transformers: Age of Extinction. Thank you for listening. Just you, you can hear like our souls being, <laughs> being stripped from our bodies week after week. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and I have a fan theory. Um, maybe we can go into this during a different podcast. But it, even if if we want to do a segment where we talk about my fan fan theory, that'd be great. Honestly, sure. Um, Just like a different fan theory every week. Yeah, and and my my fan theory, you can just weigh in. Okay. Uh, so, so thanks. Uh, also, thanks for humoring me. 
Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Uh, let, 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 me, let, let me cue this up. Folks, we have exciting news. We're actually going to be adding a special, uh, sp- special new segment to this episode. It's going to be called Skylar's Fan Theory, in which Skylar tells me a fan theory and I react. We go to Skylar now. So the fan theory doesn't have anything to do with the movie we just reviewed. Um, so I actually just thought of this. Uh, <laughs> which has been the case with uh, one we did in the past, District 9. The District 9 and Pursuit of Happiness connection, if y'all are yes. familiar with that. Okay. Um, so my fan theory this week is that... I, I, it's not necessarily a theory as much as, <laughs> as, much as it's just a... No, 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 no hedging. Go, go. Run into the breach. <laughs> um the the most the 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 sweetest um well no no that's not that's not how i want to put this um i I think the best there's an argument to be made that the best romantic comedy or sorry not not comedy Uh the best romantic film of all time is the human centipede i don't like this theory at all um are you are you familiar with the human centipede like as I, I am as familiar with that movie as someone who has never watched it can be. Would would, would you like do you know, to? Do you know the premise of the film? Yes. The like the the three people get their their like car breaks down or whatever, and this guy is like, "Da, I can help you. Come to my lair, da." <laughs> And then he... That was the most offensive German impression I've ever heard. No, I, I said, da. Oh, okay. That, Sorry, I thought offensive. you said, I thought you said, raw. <laughs> raw? I can bring you to my Leia. <laughs> to mind Leia. Um, <laughs> mind Leia. Uh, okay, so... I, l- let's just... How about I just leave that for us to stew on? No, and, and no. <laughs> And then next week, I will. I'll get into the details as I build supporting evidence for why, um, why the Human Centipede is is the best romantic film there, uh, of the of, of of the century. There, there was absolutely no meat on that bone. You you just <laughs> you just threw that out like a dead fish in my lap. Uh, it's bait. At, at least, at least tell me. Do you mean? most romantic movie ever made like like this is a good date movie or like the plot of the movie is the most romantic of of any movie made and don't you can't say both okay i I think i i think it was a folly of me to say the most romantic you were gonna start with sweetest i was gonna start with the sweetest (laughs) it is not sweet it's not sweet okay it's not sweet for the people who get their mouths sewn to the anus of the person in front of them. Yes. But in a way, like, okay, I'll, I'll build my case further next time, but you've got to think about what the doctor was trying to do. Create a human centipede? Yes, but like he had good intentions. Didn't he? <sighs> I, I, I can't I, I, I don't I don't have any backing for this theory as of right now. Okay. 
I, I've got to build it. I've got to build it. But all right, something, all right. I, I think there are some, there are romantic elements to the story that are often overlooked is, is my, is my fan theory. You, you have made perhaps the most ludicrous, ludicrous claim in the history of cinema and the discussion surrounding it. So I will give you the, okay. the requisite time to build that case. But right now, my, my reaction to this fan theory is a hard Trash. no. And not to mention, I backtracked hard on my original comment. Like, it, it went from being the, the sweetest, sweetest romantic film of the century to, like, there are some romantic elements within the human centipede that are overlooked. One, one, may, one may be surprised at the number of romantic elements <clears throat> that are often overlooked in the human centipede. All right, we'll we, we'll dig we'll dig into this. Maybe I'll start off next week. Um, just you know, just uh, after y'all have had a, a little bit to to think about it, I'll get in and I'll get in and I'll really I'll I'll, I'll get some supporting evidence in there. Now that I've blown your mind, um, here's <laughs> here's the deal. Next week you can flesh it out, but if you want, you can start next week with a totally new fan theory. And, and, and just and I, not and, even not and, even bring up the human centipede thing. Yeah, we we'll, we'll never talk about it again if you want. Okay. To. Okay. Well, that's that is very generous of you. So You're welcome. Um, I'm probably gonna go and try and get some evidence, but uh, if I can't find anything, we'll see. All right. Well, with that in mind, uh, let's let's move on to our draft. So today okay. we are doing top five Sandra Bullock roles. Uh, and, and this is going to be a draft. So in, in, in the wide world of Sandra Bullock's work, pick any character you want. Um, Skylar, you went first last time. So if you don't matter, okay. if, if you don't mind, I'll, uh, Go I'll, for I'll it. jump in. First off the board, I, I'm going to take Miss Ocean from the Oceans franchise. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I think that she is a really, really strong character uh, adds to the entire, to, to the franchise as a whole. Uh, I, I kind of wish that she'd gotten a little more screen time in Ocean's 8, which was a little bit of a disappointment in terms of like critical consensus and, and even fan opinion, but a uh, really, really strong character. I, I didn't like that it felt like she was kind of pushed off to the side for kind of the, the all-female reboot, but what can you do? So, so that's my first pick. Skylar, what is your number one pick? So quick question about that, because I have not seen Ocean's 8. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I had seen Ocean's, wait, what is it? Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. Yep. Um, and 12 was trash. Uh, but <laughs> um, I, yeah, I didn't know. So what, who is her character? So she's in Ocean. Is she Danny's cousin? or? Uh, she, she's Danny's sister. Sister, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Miss Miss Ocean. All right. Okay. That being said, <clears throat> I am going to go with uh, the Blind Side for my first um, my first draft uh, for Sandra Bullock. Was um, she, she in that? A, uh, yeah, I, I think she was the football player. I I didn't. I honestly didn't even see that in the list. <laughs> I, I I haven't seen Blind Side. So all right. Good, good pick. Talk, talk I, a little I bit more about it. I think you're joking. I think you're joking. 
No, just talk, talk a little bit more about okay. it. I mean, well, well, she, she's great. I, I don't even remember her character's name. It, uh, it, it's something Thule, I think. Um, something Thule. Anyway, that, that, that's cool. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I just loved the film. I thought she was great. Probably the best. Um, she, she did a great job. Um, I believe her husband was played by a country singer. Was it Garth Brooks? Uh, Tim McGraw, maybe? I don't know. I don't I, know I, country very well. I, I got to get I, my wife in here on this. I, I think I think Tim McGraw was in that movie, but yeah, that that must be a blind spot for me. Um, but yeah, she no, I I just thought she was great in the blind side. Love the movie, and she did a great job in that. Cool. All right. Uh, next off the board for me. This, this is a bit of a sentimental pick. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Smurf Willow from Smurfs The Lost Village. Wow. Uh, yeah, just growing up, I, like when, when I was a little kid, I, I loved Smurfs. So I thought that she did, she, she did a great job. Uh, Smurfs. Second, second pick for you, Skylar. I, I, I have never seen the Smurfs movie, but um, yeah, good pick. Yeah. She, she impressed. So my second pick is her character from The Proposal because, uh, yeah, just a favorite movie of uh, – a great movie of uh, – what? A great movie of mine. I, I, yeah. I don't even know what I'm saying here. Um, I really enjoyed The Proposal. I thought it was a really fun rom-com. Awesome. Good pick. <clears throat> uh, number three, again, this, this is one from my childhood – uh charlotte from from charlotte's web uh, are you being serious yeah what does that's she a good play? movie wait no 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 does she play charlotte or are you just saying people no she voices charlotte are you serious yeah yeah she's the uh, voice of charlotte i'm sorry I, I cannot wait until here just go 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 with your third pick and 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 we can litigate this afterwards It's Julia Roberts. Yeah. Who, who are we doing? <laughs> I thought we were doing Sandra Bullock. What? <laughs> what? Who, who's, who, who, <laughs> who, who's happening your, who, right now? Who's your third pick? Who, who's your third pick? <laughs> okay, okay. We'll come back. We'll come back to this. Okay. Uh, my third pick is Speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Um, that was probably the first movie I ever saw her in. Uh, but yeah, just a, a really exciting thriller. If you have not seen Speed, I'd recommend it. Nice. All right. I can't believe it's still here. Uh, fourth pick, I'm going to go Aaron Brockovich. Okay, you are 100% <laughs> saying Julia Roberts movies. Or, yeah. And Julia Ro- What? I'm so confused. I okay, what was Cassandra Bullock is also in Ocean's Eight. That's why I was confused. Yeah, she she's the main character in Ocean's Eight. Oh uh, my gosh! So I, Sandra Bullock is a sister to Danny Ocean, but I intentionally said Miss Ocean because my first pick was Tess Ocean, <laughs> Julia Roberts <laughs> from the Ocean's franchise. Oh my gosh! So yeah, four. I'm taking Aaron Brockovich. Huge role. Um, I I I think it changed 
the way that some people saw her as an actress uh, and, and, and is hugely influential to this day. So. I, I doubt that you have seen Aaron Brockovich. No, it's an excellent movie. Have you seen it? Of course. <laughs> you have not seen Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> I just thought about this bit today. Of course uh, I haven't seen Aaron okay. Brockovich. Okay, that was, a, that was a good film. Or that was a good bit, I mean, sorry. <laughs> um, all right. So my number four is Murder by Numbers. Um, that, it's just a great, I, I didn't even know. So that was Ryan Gosling. That, when Ryan Gosling was really young. Uh, but uh, Sandra Bullock plays this detective who's trying to solve a murder um, involving two young men, one of which being Ryan Gosling. Uh, but yeah, stellar movie. I'd, I'd highly recommend that one to, to anyone. Awesome. Uh, number five, I'll take Miss Congeniality. Oh, we're switching back. All right. <laughs> okay, good, good. I actually haven't seen that one, but I have heard so many good things. Like my, I feel like my wife and her cousins quote that movie all the time, and I can never get, uh, can never get into it. Whew, man, I, I, I crafted this list so, so carefully. And, and, and your, your skepticism at Charlotte from Charlotte's Web really, really I, threw a wrench in everything. <laughs> I didn't, okay, so I'm looking at it right now. I did not know that there was a remake in 2006 of Charlotte's Web. And so when you said Sandra Bullock voiced Charlotte, I was like, how old is Charlotte's Web? That movie <laughs> is so old. There's no way, there is no way that she voiced the original Charlotte's Web. The 1973 um, classic, 73. Charlotte's Web. <laughs> and so, yeah, I looked into it and I was like, okay, it says Julia Roberts, but okay, <laughs> all right. Um, my number one is A Time to Kill, which is a uh, based on a book. I can't remember who wrote the book, um, but stars Matthew McConaughey and Samuel L. Jackson and Sandra Bullock. And it's a, it's a courtroom drama. Uh, and one of my favorite movies. So I'd highly recommend A Time to Kill if y'all want to see a good courtroom drama. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, all right. Good lists. Uh, that, that was good, even though... What? Listen, you, 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 were playing, you, you were playing checkers, I was playing chess. Uh, okay, that's and, fair. And I, I think I beat you. I mean, pl plain and you simple. You beat me because you wrote a bit into your draft. And I just, I just went for a normal draft. <laughs> oh, boy. That was good. That was really good. That was. Uh, and, and I promised that I won't do, do a bit every time we, we have a draft. But I just I, wa watching this movie, I realized that I didn't really – like, it, it was hard to recognize Sandra Bullock from – from the early nineties. Uh, I, I, I kind of know how she looks like 2005 and beyond. So like mm -hmm. from the time that she did Charlotte and Charlotte's web beyond, uh, and, and so, yeah, I just, I thought I'd try and <laughs> try and secretly make a, uh, Julia Roberts list. I just barely got your joke about asking me if Sandra Bullock was in the blind side. <laughs> because you were thinking, oh, we're thinking Julia Roberts. Okay. 
Um, well, I just learned something. Debbie Reynolds was the woman who originally voiced Charlotte from Charlotte's Web. And she is the mother of Carrie Fisher. Oh, okay. Debbie Reynolds. I was thinking Debbie Ryan, who was on The Sweet Life on Deck and is engaged <laughs> to one of the members of 21 Pilots. Well, that, that member of 21 Pilots would be dating a very, very, <laughs> very a, a woman much his senior. <laughs> uh, De- Debbie Reynolds, rest in peace. She, she died shortly before or after, it, right, right after Carrie Fisher died. It was like right. a number of days. Wow. She was in Singing in the Rain. Really? Yeah. Among okay. other things, no doubt. We, we should review Singing in the Rain sometimes. Some, sometime. Okay. That's like, that's basically a perfect movie. Um, all right. That, that does it for us. Um, Wait, what are we going to review next time? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I had an idea. Netflix has just recently brought back, I think is slowly bringing back the original Jurassic Park trilogy. Mm. I, I, I say to kind of, to, to celebrate the summer that was, we, we watch one of the biggest summer blockbusters of all time and review Jurassic Park. Okay. That sound okay? That sounds great. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, we're good. I just had a random side thought. We're good though. Let's do Jurassic Park. I love it. Oh wait, I, I, I had one more thought about how uh, uh, human centipede is romantic. Ah, next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, be, be sure to watch Jurassic Park streaming on Netflix, and we will see you next week. Until then, stay zippy. See ya. peacefully coexist with the dinosaurs which is force them underwater uh to be unseen or heard from for decades and then in our moment of need call upon them and and rely on their armies to take down the uh the 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 invading side wasn't palpatine from naboo he was a very weird detail yeah very weird I, i i i've never understood why he wasn't just from Exegol or, or, you know, like some, yeah. some like weird planet, but right. Yeah. Just, just a regular old dude who <laughs> somehow stumbles upon like the greatest secrets of the Sith and becomes right. one of, if not the most powerful Sith wielder in the galaxy. I, I, I'm, I feel like I, I'm no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I definitely feel like Disney was pushing, like if he wasn't already like the most powerful Sith Lord, Disney was really trying to push it in that direction. I feel like, especially with the last movie. Right. And, and I like, I understand that there are other people like in video games or, or lore where it's like they can destroy galaxies with a thought, but at, at some point it's a tale of the tape. Like you, you, you just got to look at the tape and, and see everything that the Palpatine has done. The, the other funny thing about that is like, 
I I thought it would have mu- they would have much been better served to leave Palpatine out of the Rise of Sky. Like I, I thought. I, oh, I, I agree. Thought that. <laughs> well, <laughs> even I mean I don't know. I I I thought I thought the cloning thing was just really weird and uh, all that whatever blah blah blah. But like Vader has always been the face of Star Wars and the face of the Sith, and so I think I I, I think. I mean, and you don't bring Vader back. I, I don't really know how you do it, but it, it wasn't the right play to go for Palpatine where, the, I mean, they were, they were playing off it as if, like, he's always been the most feared Sith Lord when in reality, like, Vader was the face of Star... Like, even more so than Luke was the face of Star Wars, Vader was the face of Star Wars. Yeah, you go to Disney+, Plus, they, they don't have Palpatine's crinkled face on the, on the screen. It's Vader. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel like it 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 felt like they spent the, the the first two movies showing like Kylo Ren is bad. Now Kylo Ren is like more more cunning and devious and hungry than, than his old master. Therefore, he's the big bad. But instead, they're like, let's bring Palpatine back, and <laughs> and, and and Kylo's like. Hey Ren, or <laughs> Kylo's like, hey Ray, what if we kissed inside the ancient Sith temple? LOL, JK. Unless. Are you familiar with the good boy sweater, Kylo? No, I'm not. Um, so <laughs> the, <laughs> the good boy sweater is uh, is Kylo's outfit after. The the last outfit he's wearing alive, where it's like a like a Chris like a holiday sweater kind of thing. It's got a turtleneck, mm-hmm. and that has been dubbed the Good Boy sweater. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like how Ben Swolo was in the mm-hmm. Last Jedi. Yep, uh, with, the high, with the high pants um, deal. Um, good Boy sweater was like the the Ben Swolo of the Rise of Skywalker. Got it. All right, we we should probably move on. There there's virtually okay. no chance that all of this star wars talk is going to make it into the pod but if it is uh I, i've enjoyed it thoroughly maybe may, may, maybe this can be like a little post-credit scene like we did with the uh, pinky and the brain talk where i was hilariously wrong about orson wells being in pinky and the brain <laughs> that's a good one i like it <laughs>